Welcome, everybody, to the debut of the Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Looking forward to this. Should be really, really fun. Not sure the schedule we're going to have, but they're going to try to knock out a lot of these things all year long to keep you guys uh, informed. Of course, I'm Steve Mathis. With me each and every show is... Jason Wygant. Yeah! The voice of the sport. I mean, if anybody's going to do a podcast about these old races, it's got to be the voice of the sport. I even announced some of them in yeah. some capacity. Mm-hmm. You were there as a wrench yeah. in probably even more than that. So this will be really interesting as we get into some races we were there for, some are before our time. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's going to be cool. We're going to have a list of races. Uh, you'll see each and every uh, week or so whenever we release these things and uh, dive into the ins and outs behind the races, what happened, who was involved, the backstories. Uh, we've got some categories to talk about, um, and we're going to get talk to some of the people that were actually in these races, which is uh, – uh, something that may be looking back, they're going to have different feelings or different thoughts than what they may have told us at that time. Well, you nailed it right there. Uh, we are in, maybe people have noticed, uh, very polarized times where people are getting, getting very angry about a lot of things. When you look back at other dramatic things that people were angry about in history, as soon as you put time on it, you go back 50 years or 100 years, it all becomes a little less serious. Yeah, absolutely. It, people can laugh about things that were very, very serious generations ago. So I think as we revisit these races, you'll find the riders have a much more of a sense of humor about stuff that seemed like life and death in the heat of battle. Will we get Stu to comment on any of these races at some point? He's on the list. I mean, he's in a lot yeah, of these. He, he so is, I guess he we'll is. just cold call him and see what we get. <laughs> I want to thank the Liat guys for making this thing happen, the Re-Raceables podcast. Uh, you'll notice the uh, Bullfrog Spas MCR Honda team, McElrath, Bloss, uh, Freeze, and now uh, Brock Tickle, all using Liat, uh, whether it's a nine, 9.5 or 8.5 helmets, the 5.5 flex lock boots, or the 6.5 velocity goggles. The guys at Liat have got a lot of cool things going on. Of course, you know them for their neck braces way back in the day. While well, they've refined that, they've made that thing better. And uh, really, when you think about it, uh, for 2021, Liat has introduced a completely redesigned helmet with their 9.5 carbon and 8.5 composite helmets, incorporated with four densities of impact foam in five locations, as well as a pro-fit comfort liner that stretches over over your head to provide superior comfort and stability this thing ventilates uh it's got a, a free pair of goggles included with the helmet so uh please check that out liat.com and like i said uh really good stuff really good equipment these guys have stepped it up and include stuff across all ranges now so thank you to liat i was just checking out marva muscan's uh, liat neck brace yesterday and uh it looks cool like you said it's come a long way it's continuing to refine and elevate so it was cool to see that Uh, Absolutely. I want to thank the folks at Blenzall as well. For over 60 years, Blenzall Racing Caster has been the secret choice for many championship-winning riders and and engine builders. I also want to thank the folks at Maxxis Tires. I mean, look, uh, A-Ray uses uh, Maxxis Tires, but really, uh, Rod Bell. Rod Bell uses Maxxis Tires. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable what he's able to do. I I, I don't know if anyone wants to use the A-Ray endorsement as like the ultimate proof. Yeah. So let's go with Bell Rod. Maxxis.com for more information on that. UTV Tires, Mountain Bike Tires, Dirt Bike Tires, of course, the great Jeremy McGrath, who will be involved in some of these Liat Re-Raceables podcasts, oh, yeah. uh, uses and helped uh, Maxis develop their tires. So thanks to those guys for making this happen. We appreciate all the support. Um, all right. So the race we came out of the gate with, lots of debate, lots of talk, mm-hmm. lots of conjecture. The race we came out of the gate with, Anaheim won 2005, the perfect storm. Literally, we set this up for us. Yes, this is hands down the most hyped Supercross opening round of all time. Now, I know that everyone says each year, oh, we always go to Anaheim, and everybody always says it's the most stacked, it's the deepest, it's the craziest. Well, you shouldn't always say that. There is only one year that stands by far, head and shoulders, above any hyped-up Anaheim. And by the way, I have numbers, statistical proof. 
I believe Anaheim 105 was sold out in October. Really? For a race in January. Wow. Now, they fit 47,000 people at that stadium. It's not the biggest. Selling at Anaheim generally does happen. But it was sold out months in, in advance. In, in the, the, yeah, the advance buy of tickets was huge. Yes. And, and why was that, Weege? Well, it revolves around one massive story and then several other big ones mm-hmm. around it. This was the going to be the first ever Ricky Carmichael versus James Stewart race. And Steve, you know this well. We have seen many great rivalries. We've seen many things hyped between two different riders. But nothing was ever set like RC versus Stu. They were, what, about three years apart, four years apart on age? Just enough that they never met as amateurs on 125s and anything else. They were the most hyped amateurs of their generation. Fox guys forever. Team Green guys forever. You knew someday they were going to race. And amazing at the time, it worked out that the first time they ever would would be at the biggest Supercross of the year in the Premier Class. But that was just the start of it. Yeah. With all these other stories, neither guy was even Supercross champ at this time. Right, absolutely. Chad Reed coming off uh, the title yeah. in 2004. Ricky missed it with an ACL. Oh, by the way, the last time we saw Ricky, uh, he was at the U.S. Open, of course, on a Suzuki. Right. But this was his AMA Supercross debut for Suzuki. So yeah. the last time, you know, he hadn't been racing uh, for a year. And, uh, well, for Supercross. Anyways. He raced outdoors. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then also uh, some guy named Jeremy McGrath, who may or may not have been popular in Anaheim. <laughs> yes, exactly. He came back uh, out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. He obviously had a really bad year at KTM, retired before the season started, and then we didn't hear from him for a couple of years. Yeah. And then he just decides, I'm going to race Supercross on a part-time schedule. Right. So now you've got Jeremy McGrath making a comeback. Right. And the Carmichael thing is big because at that point, we all knew Carmichael pretty much won and dominated everything he was in. So the question was, what would Carmichael finally not winning anymore look like? And we started to see it a little bit in 03, where Chad Reed was beating him a lot. Then he misses a whole Supercross season. He switches to Suzuki, which had not had any success at all yep. in recent memory. So it was the irresistible force and a movable object. Like, is Carmichael going to just start sucking now? Right. Are we finally going to see this? Or is he going to start... Did he miss too winning much? On, yeah. yeah, did he miss too Or is he actually going to win on a Suzuki? This and, would be crazy either way. And he'd won outdoors in 04, but outdoors was always Ricky's thing. Yes. So we didn't. We had questions about right. Soupy. 100%. I was, uh, oh, yeah. I was Tim Ferry's mechanic at Yamaha this year. Uh, you were just started at Racer X, I believe. In uh, 05? Oh, yeah. This year? No, I was starting the webcast. I've been at oh, Racer X okay. for uh, three years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so the we were coming at it from different angles in 05, but there were 100% chance that people were like, a, is a Suzuki any good in Supercross? And B, is Ricky going to adapt to it in Supercross? I know looking back, these questions seem silly. Yes. They were there at the time. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Because we all remember the last time he raced Chad Reed in Supercross at the end of 03. Carmichael didn't race at all in 04. Yep. Chad was just beating him straight up. Right. He was just beating him straight up. So the idea that Carmichael would switch from Honda to Suzuki and improve yeah. seemed pretty right. crazy in that, uh, that time. And there was another guy, number 199. On a Suzuki, yes. Travis yes. Pastrana was coming in, and yes. I mean, he. This is now Travis's uh, third year in two fifty Supercross because I he believe. didn't race 04. Yeah, he so did. it was o two o three. Yeah, missed o four o five. Is and year then three. coming in, so he still, he was still very exciting. It was still out there. Can he win? Can right. can he get it? You know, can he can he right. stay healthy? Can yep. you know? I mean, whatever Travis does was going to be exciting. Yeah, but so, he wasn't quite sideshow material. At that no, point. no, he was it not. Was a chance. It, it, it wasn't the Daytona show up in Daytona sideshow <laughs> right. material. This right. was St. Louis that time. That was a sideshow material. Right. This was factory Suzuki's Travis Pastrana showing up. So when I say this is the most hyped Anaheim ever, I'm just going to tell you, 
I believe this might be the only Supercross race that ever had James Stewart, Ricky Carmichael, Chad Reed, Jeremy McGrath, and Travis Pastrana all on the same starting gate. Okay? Beat that. Beat that any other year. Beat yeah. those five names. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tough, tough to do, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. when you look at the, the, the horsepower and the legacies of those guys sitting on the line. They're the most popular riders ever. Those yeah. might be the most popular. I don't know if they're the five best, yeah. but Pastrana, McGrath, Carmichael, Reed, and Stewart might be the five most popular racers ever. Right. And it, it's the only race because Stu got hurt the next week and didn't race the main, and then, shocker, Pastrana wasn't around. And Jeremy didn't do the whole series. No. Right. So we have one race ever with all five of them on the gate. It's this. So I'll take any other yeah. hype Anaheim right. you want. Uh, but, of course... Uh, coming into it, it's just a mudder, and that that whole off season I remember was very much uh, rainy. Uh, mm -hmm. We didn't we didn't get a lot of time in at the test track. It was a, it was a wet winter in California, uh, so we come to Anaheim one, and it is a disaster. Just so bad. They don't run the daytime qualifiers. They have a lottery system to get into the night show. All the laps are cut back. Everything's yeah. cut back, and and twelve lap main event, uh, shorter races, no semi races. We're just doing an LCQ. I mean, the, the track was horrible. Yeah, and that, to me, I took that as symbolic that even, as I said back then, even God himself was not quite prepared for Carmichael <laughs> Stewart to race, and we ended up with a mud race in Southern California. And I know right. Anaheim, right. through the years in January, we've right. seen muddy-ish. Yep, yep. But no. No, no. This is the only Anaheim, I believe, that was full-on mudder. To me, there is only one Supercross that was worse than this one, and that was Seville. The really? World Supercross You're route. saying this one was this bad? I, I believe so. Wow. I believe so. Um, saying a lot. I mean, yep. it was pretty... I mean, it was bad. You know, there's no obviously official ranking, but it was yeah. bad. It was bad. It was one of the worst ones I've ever seen. Yes. A lot of rolling jumps. Yes. Um, yeah. uh, and we'll get to that in a, in a second. So this, this race had some serious hype. James was on the cover of Racer X saying, my whole life is about January 5th? Uh, I believe it's 8th. January 8th. Yes. My whole life is about January 8th. James was awesome back then as a media guy, as a fan guy. I think he knew what the people wanted him to say and what he want, what we wanted him to do. And he gave you that. Like, I think yeah. he knew he had to bring some hype. So he did that. Like, he literally put the quote on the cover, my yep. whole life is about January 8th, saying, I'm not downplaying how important yeah. this first race against Ricky on a 250 is. Right, right. I am with you. This is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so just a disaster uh, of, a, of a race day. Um Todd Harris and Cameron Steele are your announcers for this one. Yep, and Jamie Little, uh, pit reporter. Yep. I will go down. I will. I will. I will fight to the death. Anybody who wants to bag on Todd Harris. Oh, he's good. 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 Yeah. Like, is he, he the best? A fine job. Is he the best all time? No. No. Was Was there anything wrong with Todd Harris? No. Guy was solid. Yeah, I don't remember how many years yeah. he did TV. It was probably yeah. two or three. Right. He was fine. You could. It wasn't like he didn't know any of the riders and was like new to all this. Yep. He did well. And oddly enough, I saw Todd Harris doing MotoGP on uh, NBCSN just the other morning. So he's still involved. Pops yeah. in and out. Yep. Knows yep. motorcycle yep. racing. I, yep. uh, I I will stand. I know fightful Todd Todd Harris. All right. Uh, Cameron Steele. I like Cameron. You know. I think he was put in a bad spot. I don't think he was ever asking to be the expert analyst. Right. Although what's really strange is when he replaced David Bailey, which was a horrible position to be put in, because David Bailey is one of the all-time yeah. great riders, and then Cameron Steele, who most people didn't even think had ever raced, becomes his replacement. Lo and behold, a year ago, Cameron Steele and I are doing a truck race for Red Bull at Cranor, Wisconsin, yep. and we're going to dinner, and he's like, yeah, I raced some Supercrosses, and I'm like, what? <laughs> And he's like, yeah, I rode in the desert, and I was like a freestyle guy. And my friend's like, ah, oh, you're good at jumps. You should go for it. And yeah. I guess he rode, made some night shows. 
didn't didn't make it any mains. I'm like, really would have been helpful yeah. for you to mention to people that you had ridden Supercross yeah. tracks before. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I I like Cameron. He's always been really cool to me. When yep. I was a mechanic, he was around a lot, right? Because he was the color guy. Yeah. Uh, too much broing for me. Not enough okay. analysis for me. Yeah. But hey, whatever. You know, nothing wrong with it. But uh, well, uh, it's frozen yeah. in time. To go from Bailey to Steel is a it tough. It was look. tough. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what we have to remember at that time in 2005, this is like the height of action sports, X Games. You remember, and I, you probably rolled your eyes with this, but there was a time where people thought, dude, X Games is going to be as big as baseball someday. Extreme sports are coming. It's going to be mainstream. So I believe, are you, are you not even believing yeah, this? You I heard mean, this. No, though. yeah, it was out there. But yeah, Yes. Right. I know you didn't agree. Right. So ESPN, I think, really doubled and tripled down on Jamie Little, Cameron Steele types that were attached to... We just needed to, Sal in the booth. Yeah. yeah. They had really attached themselves to, yeah. like, we have the X Games. We have the announcers known for X Games. We got to get these people on as many things as possible. Right. Like I said, I don't think Cameron Steele was asking to be the expert analyst right. for Supercross, but right. the job's the job, the contract's the contract, and yep. if that's what ESPN tells you to do, that's what you do. Uh, obviously, obviously, look, it's a complete mud race, but uh, the first heat, Jeremy McGrath grabs the lead. Unbelievable, dude. Yeah. And the place just, went berserk. Yeah, it was it was nutty, right? McGrath was back. He was at the house that he built, and, yeah. and, and you know, he was back. So that was cool. Kyle Lewis got the whole shot. All right, I got to say <laughs> something about Kyle Lewis and these whole shots yeah. back then. Yeah. There was a two- or three-year span where Kyle Lewis was pulling probably 60% of the whole shots in Supercross and Motocross. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, I feel like he got a little, a little cocky about it, how I'm on a privateer bike and I'm yanking all these factory bikes. Your privateer bike was a 454 stroke. <laughs> they were on 252 strokes. I was a little surprised yeah. that he was throwing shade right. about the factory bikes not being able to beat him for hole shots. They were on two strokes, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, and you're not wrong about that. He yeah. was still pulling them when the class switched to four strokes, but nowhere near as much, and not as often. You know, not yeah. as often. And he it was an awesome starter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kyle yeah, is an yeah. awesome starter. He, he's always been a good starter for yeah, sure. But don't um, talk trash on the factory bikes when you're on a four fifty four stroke. Kelly Smith. I mean, he got on a two fifty F early, and he was yarding starts, and he directly got a a factory Yamaha Troy ride from from you know being on a four stroke before anybody else. So they believed it too. Because remember, Weege, honestly, it was an honest debate. Like, which one's know. better? Yes. You know, that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, four strokes are better. You know. Yes, the right riders weren't on them at the right times, and it took like a three-year lag. A lot of it from Stewart. Stewart was one of the last yeah. to get on the four stroke. Yeah. So, yeah, two-stroke looks pretty good to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just got to be an extraordinary rider when you're <laughs> yes. on a two-stroke. Yes. Uh, so, MC leads the first heat for a little bit, goes down. Um, and then the second heat... The finish line jump yeah, the, was basically not jumpable in the right, mud, but yeah. MC kept screwing it up. Yeah, he just kept, like, half-jumping it. Yes. Like, you're like, bro, just roll it. <laughs> yeah, you're in the lead. Facing it in the mud is not a, not a strategy that's going to work. Right, and MC not really a mudder. <laughs> not known, no, not known not as, known. As, a, as a, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, Henry Dowd, not so much. No, no. no. Um, second heat, Chad grabs a whole shot, and Ricky goes by him. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, 14 miles an hour more? Yeah. I mean, it was the whoop section. I should use air quotes. It was a mud race. It was more like yeah. muddy mogul rollers. Yep. Yep. But it is unreal in a mud race. Like, what did Carmichael do? How was he able to go like three times faster <laughs> than everyone over muddy rollers? I don't know. Chad jumped the triple in the heat, which was impressive. Because I don't believe anybody from the first heat was was doing it. Yeah. That so, we could see. So the second heat was Reed and Carmichael, the rematch in yeah. Supercross. We had waited yeah. really since late 03 yeah. to see this. 
So it's 2005. James was in the first heat, crashed 14 times. But, still, but he still won the heat. He still won the heat, yeah. Yeah, because McGrath crashed, right. and uh, James goes on to win the heat. Right. Getting out of order here. So you go to heat two, and Reed leads. He's battling Carmichael. Carmichael passes him in those rollers. Then Chad goes to triple this triple and jump over Carmichael's head. Now, I had just started doing the webcast. I had been hired for it like a month earlier. Yeah. I could not believe. You and Jim Holly. Yes. Yep. I could not believe I was like 26 years old, and I was suddenly announcing the Supercross How, how did you get that job? How, how, did, you, how did it even come together? Uh, Davey. Chad Damiani was the host. Yep. He got another job. So he quit after the two Canadian races. What would they have been? Toronto, Vancouver? Yep. Yeah. After Toronto, he said, I can't do anymore. So they, fl- they called Racer X and said, David, do you know any announcers? Really? We're in a, we're in a tough spot. We got <laughs> this Chad. Was, this was when Supercross and Davey were tight. 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 I mean, Davey had just been the pit reporter on yeah. TV yeah. Up, up until the previous year. Right. So they said they were thinking of calling Art Ekman. Instead, they called Davey first to see if he had any recommendations. And he's like, I got this guy here who announces GNCC. He'd be good. So they booked me a flight to Vancouver for the second world race. Okay. I met Damiani. He kind of showed me the ropes. And then Anaheim won. I was in. That was it. Yes. Yeah. So Do you I think was, anybody listened to your Vancouver performance? Uh, I was thinking of it as an audition, but then on the show, Chad Damiani says, I'm passing the baton off. Jason's going to take over from here. And I'm like, all right. Uh, so yeah. you, you in Vancouver, you called it? Or it half and half? It, it was half three, and half. It was me, yeah, Damiani, right, and right, Holly. Right, okay. Damiani kind of like showing me what's up. Had you met Jim Holly before? Was this, your, was this the first time you met the, legend, really. the mean, legend that was Hollywood? Surely right. I knew of Jim Holly. Yes. And I'd always loved Jim Holly as yes. a fan. Yes. But we had not met right. really until Anaheim so, 05 for the most part. So Holly probably said, hey, this kid was good. The GNCC kid was good. I guess good. so. Right. Yeah, maybe. And, yeah. And, and yep. So the most hyped ever Supercross, uh, you were in, in the webcast. Yeah, like yeah. I had bought a plane ticket because I was going to watch. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't believe that I was suddenly the announcer. <laughs> and the race wasn't live on TV. We were the only yeah. thing there was. Yeah. So in this heat race, yeah. I'm so jacked up. <laughs> I'm so hyped. I cannot believe I'm here. I cannot right. believe I'm doing this. Yes. And we've got Chad and Ricky battling like we always wanted to see. Yeah. And when Chad jumped over Ricky's head over that muddy triple, I don't know how, but my headset exploded off my head. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what right. I did. I must yeah. have put my hands in the air and yeah. grabbed the mic. So... Later in the season, we did like an outtake show in Vegas, uh-huh. and we have the call, and it's just like, all you hear is, <laughs> as you go over the triple, and Jim screaming, and Jim screaming. Right. I just couldn't believe what was happening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every, yeah. Your whole life was, your whole life, life was, January was, was January 8th. Yes. <laughs> right. Reed and Carmichael rematch battling, who, who clashed the Titans in the mud, tripling yeah. over each other's head. Yeah. But what's funny about that heat, <laughs> that battle lasted only two laps. Yeah. And then Ricky took off yeah like alarming level yeah. took off and, and people again ricky wasn't good in the mud early on in his career he got lapped at high point of course yeah uh you know he still wasn't that good now, yeah. now he would go on to lap the field at millville he got good in the mud yes but this was very very yeah yeah impressive yeah, yeah. he was gone and it was there was so much hype you kind of just downplayed like man he actually ended up beating chad by like 20 seconds in a heat now i remember the at on the day at Yamaha, you know, obviously we had Chad, the defending champion, yeah, and, yeah. and Tim Ferry and David Villeman. It was a really stacked team. We were like, dude, that Suzuki's not going to last. Really? Like, like, yeah, like they're not going to like it's not going to last. Like those guys are not uh, reliable. Yeah, reliable. Re- reliable. Yeah, yeah, we were like, well, Ricky's good. Yeah, and I don't even remember practice. I think there was one practice. Probably. Yeah. I'm trying to remember, there obviously was a practice, but I remember watching it, but I don't remember right. times right. or anything. So I remember. Th- the talk around our truck was like, dude, that thing ain't going to last. There's no right. way. Like, because you got to remember, Suzuki 
wasn't a top team. Roger no. went over there and Albie won, but it's like whatever. And right. you know what I mean? And, and it, Ricky really there was so many questions about like, is the team ready for Ricky? Yeah. You know, is the bike ready for yep. Ricky? All of that. Now, we didn't really know that in 05, I believe they just copied a YZ two fifty motor. Really? They really did. Their 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 revamp in 05 or maybe 04, but it was one of those years yeah. was a clone of a YZ250 motor. <laughs> so they did a good job because it was a great motor. Yes. Uh, the bore, the stroke, the power valve stuff, everything was just crazily exactly like Yamaha. Anyways. That's funny because that's the last two-stroke 250 that either company built. Yeah. So the current YZ250 you can still buy yeah. is that motor is, still. It is the same motor, right. But their RM250 motor is basically also the <laughs> basically same. Basically the same. <laughs> but we were counting on reliability issues or thinking about reliability issues and all of that. So Specifically for the mud race yes. or just season long? Uh, season long, but then, hey, now we got the mud. So, so on that know. day, you remember yeah, the yeah, I do that. remember that. I really? do remember that talk, yes, yes. about like, hey, yeah. those guys are, they're, they're going to figure, you know, they're going to figure wow. this out. So yeah. um, I was working for Timmy. Uh, he came into the race with a bad wrist. He broke his wrist. Anaheim 204. Okay. And never got it right. And, and uh, multiple surgeries, couldn't hang on. Uh, we had a great 03 season, although he missed some races. Uh, 04, he swept the podium at A1. Um, fastest fastest laps, oh, no. lap time in both practices in Phoenix. No. The next race. Oh, no. You know what I mean? So it was coming together. And then, then, then broke his wrist. That day? No, the next round. Anaheim oh, 2. Oh, jeez. Anyways, um, so still battling his wrist, not 100%. We went to Canada. Uh, he did okay at those races, but he wasn't on the on the pace of those other guys. And he wasn't where he normally would be. No. I remember those Canadian races being like, dude, Ferry, what is happening? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was frust- he was frustrated. I was frustrated. So we came into Anaheim 1, and, you know, he was riding okay. He was trying bar bands. I remember he tried, like, three or four bar bands at some races. I'm like, dude, it ain't going to help. Like, your wrist is, is the problem here. The bar bands by a couple of millimeters, isn't going to, you know, relieve your issue. Uh, events- Always encouraging, <laughs> yes, as you are. Yes. And good job keeping your opinions to yourself, as usual. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And uh, so he doesn't make the main event. He yeah. does not make the main event. Crashes in the heat mm-hmm. uh, and, and then goes to the LCQ, crashes in the LCQ, works his way up to like eighth. They took top four. That was it. The opening round, the hype, most hype Supercross ever. We were not in the main event. And I remember washing the bike at the end of the night down at the tunnel yeah, uh, and I just being like, "Holy shit! Like this, this couldn't be any worse." Because the bike's trashed, yeah. and my guy didn't even make the main event. Oh. So not a uh, good night. He got landed on uh, uh, by Jeremy over the finish line, <laughs> or clip Jeremy clipped him over that finish line, went down one time. Yeah, just treacherous. Just, yeah, finish line. Yeah. So my whole memories of that thing, not good. Right. So did you even see the main event in person? Yes, I went to the stands to watch with a headset. Yep. Like to help the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Just, just to help the team. I so, um, um, but yeah, not, not a good night for for me for for Red Dog. You uh, obviously your whole night was, uh, was unbelievable. All, was unbelievable. I mean, it was, yeah, it was like a night with Jim Holly. Right. Really, is what it was <laughs> right, like. Right, right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was crazy. So, what, what, what I think is funny, and we were laughing at this when we rewatched this race on the, yeah. on the Lee at Reraceables podcast here debut episode, the LCQ, 18th oh. place, Chris Kiefer. <laughs> 22nd place, Jason Thomas. 23rd place, Daniel Blair. <laughs> Folks. What a battle. What a- Kiefer, JT, and Blair all in the same all race. All in the LCQ <laughs> at the most hype race ever. And Kiefer of- coming out on top. And Kiefer coming out on top. What a race. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, and Tim Ferry, eighth. So I, I was out there with, you know, with all those guys. You were guys. boarding, I battling. I was boarding, watching Kiefer, Blair, Thomas. Go out there somewhere, yeah, yeah, somewhere at some right. <laughs> unbelievable, and and they would all go on to media careers from there. I did not know that there were many 
JT Blair showdowns. I did not realize, and I had I didn't think there were any with Kiefer. I did not know this. Yeah, yeah. And Kiefer and JT, there were some gates that they were all on, all three. I mean, that is 15 years later that I'll be talking about Racer X stuff and riding for Racer X. And, I laughed yeah. so hard when I looked yeah. at those results, and I'm like, because we were looking for JT. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my god, you will not believe this. <laughs> Daniel Blair finished right behind, and I'm like. Oh my God, Kiefer's in it too! It's amazing. It's amazing. So the most hype race ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that that congrats, was what, what happened. Yeah. Congrats. Um, Stu wins the first heat, by the way. Yeah. I don't want to skip this. Yeah. Stu wins first heat. So he said, you know, my whole life's about January eighth. He was so damn good with his interviews and his media and his personality back then. Yeah. You know, this is when he did the dancing. Yeah. Do you remember there was a national where uh, he had crashed into somebody and said, it's not me, it's my bike, it's Christina, and he re- referenced that old oh, yeah. that old movie yeah, the where mo- the car yeah, killed yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, which he, you didn't believe in probably. You didn't. Ah, it's not right, relatable. Right, yeah. yeah. He was so good back then. So in his heat race, he wins. Yep. And Jamie Little, the pit reporter on the podium, is like, I guess you answered some questions about racing at 250. And he's like, I didn't answer anything. Yeah, I, I rode horrible. <laughs> right. I crashed he, twice in the mud. He's the angriest heat race winner in the history of the sport. Yes, it was yeah, hilarious. Right. And then, then he's like, but you know what? Voice cracking. For emphasis, yeah. he actually, he's like, but I just won a 250 heat race. It's great. <laughs> and I'm like, man, all over the map. How exciting. Yeah. Who would have thought that someday we'd end up with recluse James Stewart in right. those days? Yeah, no, no way. It didn't seem like no that way. was coming the, the, at all. The, the, gr- the grind of everything got to him. It, it did. just It just, just wore him down. down. Right, yes. right. Yes. Um, so, all right. So the main event comes, and it is still just a shit show, right? Like, it's bad. But if I remember right. You know, it had rained maybe Friday or Saturday morning or something. And they, you know, they kept the track covered. They yeah. cut those practices down. And they were working on it. And they were working on it. And they were working on it. And then I think during the main, it just started dumping again. Yeah. It was like there was almost a chance it was going to turn out to be, like, just bad. Like a San Francisco, which w- w- yeah, where had some mutters. Yeah. And then it turned out to be a raceable right. track. Right. It wasn't going to be great, but it was going to be, like, just merely bad. But then I think it started raining during the main. And it yeah. was like, we're done. It's garbage yeah. now. Um, so Jeremy's out of this thing early. Yeah, he got last. Yeah, uh, they said his clutch broke. Okay. Which I don't remember, but he's out of this thing yeah, early. Yep. Uh, Ricky grabs the whole shot. Yep. And he is gone. Gone. Unreal gone. Jumping the triples. Yes. Doubling things. Yeah. I mean, he. you watch the broadcast. He's perfectly clean. Yes. <laughs> just, you know. Yep. Just riding. Yes. Long gone. Uh, Kevin Windham, who I believe this is our actual first mention of Kevin Wynn yeah, in yeah, this podcast. Right. He's in second. A good mud rider. Yep. He's a distant second. Yeah. Carmichael's right. 15 yep. some seconds up yep. instantly. They make a mention of Wyndham being a good mud rider and being a favorite. And yeah. I agree. I remember all of us being like, K Dub's going to be really good. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like yep. he's going to be a man to beat. But Villeman was also very good in the mud. But what was the, pro- what was the problem there? I don't. He was terrible. Yeah. I don't remember Villeman's. Like, it was bad. Yeah. So Megawatt. Remember Megawatt? Yeah. Our yeah. Uh, announcer at the Nationals. Yeah. JT, big fan. Uh, he was there. That I remember he was there, and uh, he always goes to Anaheim. He, he's our guy from West Virginia, but he goes to TLD, checks in on Mitch, as he says, goes by Pro Circuit. Then he goes to Anaheim 1. Very anti-foreign. Oh, yeah, yeah. Megawatt. Yeah. So I remember him yelling after the race, Oh, what happened to the great French mud rider? What happened to the great French mud rider? I heard the Frenchman was good in the mud. Where's he at? I don't see him anywhere. <laughs> he loved that. Loved it. So it was not a good right. night for DV, who no. normally in those mud races yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I remember yeah. us thinking, that, hey, it's going to be a good night for, for, DV. for, for DV, DV, you yeah. know, at some yep. point. Now, Chad was the defending champion. Um, I don't remember him being really good in the mud or really bad either way. He, you know? so. he kept saying, because of GPs, he would be really good. Yeah. But I don't know if he was trying to convince himself. <laughs> Chad, not normally one to 
put himself down. Yeah. Was hyping up how good he would be in mud yeah. races. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Liat.com, by the way, for the more information, uh, the Liat Reraceables podcast, Jason Wygant and myself, uh, presented by Blenzall and the folks at Maxis all on board with us for this podcast. And we thank them for supporting this. It was a brand new show, brand new idea, and uh, we wanted to get some partners with it, and they stepped up. So thanks to those guys as well. Um, Ricky's gone. He's gone. And it, I mean, you know, all he's really got to do, it's 12 laps, all he's really got to do is keep it on two wheels. Yeah. And... We come back from a commercial, and he's down. So, Weed, you think – now, this is, this is going to be interesting as we do this podcast because your history of the, of the broadcast duos and the way the races were filmed and what happened and going back to Georgia and all that kind of stuff through the history of the Supercross TV, yeah. you're on this stuff. Yeah, so this I love is, it. This is going to be interesting to talk to you a lot as we go on this. But you think, Weed, that this main was redone. Let the call parts of, this, of it were. Parts of this – race were redone which i mean i don't know but. yeah so the way they did supercross for these years was they did record it and announce it live, live. but it wasn't on tv live it'd be on the next day or a couple right. days late maybe the next weekend so it gave them the chance to fix something if it was wrong now what we noticed was in the heats i don't know if because it was muddy or the guys didn't have good monitors yep they could not figure out what was going on. <laughs> right. It took like two corners. Yeah. The the big wide overhead shot to show the whole field of yeah. the start straight, they could not get any bike numbers. Right. So the first heat, it's just oh, 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 oh for like thirty seconds. It looks like an L C Q now. Right where they they don't know any of the names. Right. Yeah, in the first heat it takes like two straightaways for Cameron Steele to finally say, Now we can see the numbers, it's Kyle Lewis. Right. All of a sudden in the main Todd Harris is announcing in a much different cadence than the rest of the main, and he's got it all perfectly yeah, yeah, polished yeah. and dialed. I didn't really notice this watching it, but yeah, yes. you do, yeah. All, and then all of a sudden, after that first straightaway, yeah. it goes back to the normal cadence and confusion. So you think they just cut in, like, hey, we blew the start. For whatever reason, so. we blew the live start. Yeah. Maybe Todd, they weren't ready, whatever. Yes. Todd, recall it. Yes. And then they dropped in the actual real live audio. Yeah, because I've seen this done yeah, yeah. Uh, even in my time where we've done it even for the archive. What about uh, when you missed the start? We did redo it. Yeah. We did yeah, redo right, it. Right. Uh, and then Davey has unbelievable stories when he was a TV guy when they had these non-live shows and the type of fixes that they needed to do. We'll get to those maybe in other yeah, episodes yeah, of this. Right. So that was definitely a trick that okay. they had. But what makes no sense to me is they did not use the trick. This is a show that didn't air live. Yeah. The leader, Ricky Carmichael, crashes, and they come back. While we're away at commercial, Carmichael has gone down. Why, why did you not redo it? Yeah, we see a replay of they it. Have so the they footage. have it. They yes. have the footage, but they don't put it live on the screen. So, yes. very odd. So, I know everyone's complaining always about the TV production. I'm yeah. just saying, this has been a hard thing to get right. For much more than just last weekend or whatever right. you're mad about. Right. Yeah. Good. Good point. Yeah. So Ricky goes down, uh, gets up, goes down again right yeah. away. The next turn. Yes. And Wyndham gets by. Yeah. And and, and I think Wyndham they barely show him. The, 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 they show him at the very end and kind of going by himself later on for a couple of laps. Yeah. I don't feel yeah. Wyndham was not seen much in the heats. Yep. In the main, he's second, but a distant second. Yep. I don't feel like they were showing him he's much on, there. He starts between. Uh, Chad and Ricky in the main, so they show him there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's yeah, you see him on the gate, mm-hmm. but you're not seeing right. him do laps. No, it's more like where's Chad? Where's James? Ricky's out front, and yep. Wyndham's just in second. Yep. Yeah, you see Wyndham ride by. Yeah, basically with yeah, Carmichael's yeah, yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Ricky gets back up and he's on it. Uh, but and then Wyndham actually has a problem. Wyndham goes off the track, has yeah. stalls his bike, and they're like, "Those four strokes, they don't start. <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah. start." Yeah. Which could still be said about the Suzuki's. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, so Wyndham, but 
I mean, it's hard because it, they're, they're like cutting. I don't know if they're trying to compress this thing into a time or whatever, but we don't get a sense of it was weird. how far out Wyndham is from Ricky. Yeah. And after Wyndham goes off the track and stalls it, like, where's Ricky? We don't get a sense of any of that. Yeah. But, we know, of, yeah. but he was gone. A, he was down a while. Not down, but he was stopped for a while. Wyndham was, yeah. Yes. And Ricky is still not still getting not, back up there. Right. And then I guess, uh, and and part of it is, I'm sure, however weirdly they edited this TV show, but I can tell you from having announced that night, you could not, like, look out in the stadium and figure out where Carmichael is. It was not possible. Right. Like, they were all still yeah. covered. Right. And the gaps were so huge. Early on, you could figure out where Ricky was because he was jumping the triples, <laughs> yes. and everyone was freaking out. Freaking out, But yes. other than that, yes. No. Right. So it's like Wyndham stalls. You then look to see, well, where is Carmichael? And you see six other bikes, which all could be lappers. Yeah. And then maybe Carmichael's in that group. Everyone's rolling every jump. Who knows? But Carmichael does get close to Wyndham, and then he goes down again. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah then he goes down again. So, we, we, yeah, we know he makes up some time on it. Yeah. And then here comes LaRock. Yeah. Here comes the Rock, just coming in. Yes. You know, just Mike doing probably – Seven or eight seconds slower than Wyndham, but just doing the same seven or eight seconds for the whole 20, 12 yep. laps, right? Classic. Right. Nowhere to be seen. Yeah. And then late in the race, there's LaRocco yeah. going for podium. Yeah. Yeah. And then he doubles over Carmichael. LaRocco yeah. jumps yeah. by yes. Carmichael. Right. Yes. Nice line by that. Nice line yeah. for, for the Rock, for sure. Not something you expect to see. Um, it's weird, though. And then at some point, they show Ernie. And Ernie is struggling. And he's down. And uh, he gets up. And he goes down again. And. I, I thought to myself, I remember Ernie being good in the mud. Like, remember, and that race in Seville, he was yeah, gone. Yeah, and and then he had a he bike malfunction, but he was yeah. gone. And, yeah. and and I remember some good Ernie mud rides. I do remember that. And then, uh, I don't know, Anaheim 05, not good for Ernie. Kind but. of the same thing with Villeman. I think you always have to say, no matter how good a mud rider right. you are, any rider right. has the chance on any one mud race for it to just go horrible. Yeah, just go horrible. And, yeah. and, and talk about a talk about a, a ride red. LaRocco, <laughs> Wyndham, Ricky. Ernie, Nathan, Ramsey on a four-stroke, five guys. Not then. Not then. Yeah. Uh, 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 Ramsey sorry. was uh, – Sorry, not Ramsey. We're sorry. thinking of another year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Tortelli? No, Tortelli Suzuki. Tortelli Suzuki, yeah. 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 Um, anyways, yeah. scrap that point. I'll get to that another time. Um, so, yeah, so Wyndham goes on to win. Yes. Wyndham goes on to win the race. Oh, there was another reason why they didn't know what was going on. I remember this. The transponders, they went away. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that obviously, but you're you're in the right. you're in the booth. yeah the transponder screen. I mean, I, we cannot emphasize enough what a complete mud yeah. disaster this yeah. is. So then the transponder goes down. It's very few laps. They're lapping a really ridiculous amount <laughs> right. uh, rate. Is is Holly just screaming? Yeah, that, that was Jim's he, normal thing was just screaming. Yeah, Jim was going nuts. Right. And then somehow I don't know what. Somehow Danny Stevenson is just in the booth with us too. <laughs> I don't know. Of, of course. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how. Right. I just remember halfway to the main event, it's now me, Denny Stevenson, and Jim. And right. I remember it because I was afraid, am I already getting fired? <laughs> like, is Denny Stevenson replacing me in like, my very first like, race? Like Todd Gendro from Feld said, Denny. Get up there. G- go relieve him right now. Yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> right. Get this kid out of here. Right. And we didn't have a transponder. And when Was some- Alan Salk in a good mood? Your sound engineer. <laughs> I'm sure there was a moment. <laughs> I'm sure there was a moment. Alan Selk, our sound engineer, loved the guy. Great friends with them, but once per Supercross day, he'd have a freak, <laughs> freak out. out right. yes. <laughs> yes. yes, yes. So, Denny's in there with us. We don't right. have transponders. Yep. Does Denny have a headset? Like he's call- yeah, he's okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. doing the call yeah. with us. 
um, and you can't tell what the hell is going on, and now you lose a transponder. You know, yeah. if the Wyndham yeah. is parked on this hay bale, you don't know what's going yeah. on. Uh, that's odd, the AMA lost. Transponder yeah, that, going that's down. odd, right. but yeah. So I literally remember on the last lap not wanting to be absolutely sure that it was Wyndham, LaRocco, Carmichael in yeah. the order. I was like, yeah. hedging my bets. And then he's like, no, Wyndham is winning this race. I 100% guarantee you Kevin Wyndham is winning <laughs> but, this race. Uh, but can you really go off with Debo? I, I know, it's Debo. At that point of the night, with, 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 with maybe the knot hole yeah. and everything else, right? can you go off with Denny Stevenson? I got Debo and Holly here, right. and it's my first race. Right. I got Debo and Holly as my rocks yeah. to help keep me right. grounded. Right. So Debo was right. Wyndham was winning the whole time. Yeah. Uh, and I thought LaRocco got close at one point, but oddly, another thing in the TV show, just a complete mess. They go to commercial, and then Wyndham's two turns away from the checkered flag. Yes. And I'm like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's bizarre. I don't – again, with a race that's not live, like you can – can't you make this a little I, I, better? I, I, <laughs> can't you talk about Kevin Wyndham's uh, unexpected win and, and, and right. you know, all this stuff? But Yeah. yeah. Um, so – Stu pulls into mechanics area at some point. Yeah, so we have to cover where's yeah. Stu, where's Chad. Yeah. yeah, Stu pulls into mechanics area early on. Okay. J Bone is there fixing his bike and whacking off hand guards, and, and Stu goes on to get fifth or sixth, right? Stu gets fifth. Okay. And I remember everyone saying that was a lie. And that the AMA wanted to keep him in the championship, <laughs> and they rigged oh, it. So I, the conspiracy theories were all were yeah, going, I guess back, going back then. They're like, wow. hey, transponders were down. Yeah. I, I'm sure they just said, give him his lap back. We don't want him to lose points. Got to stay in the championship. Wow. I literally, going into the next weekend in Phoenix, people were saying he didn't get fifth. The AMA gave him an extra lap yep. to keep him in the title. I, I do not remember that. Okay. that yeah. Um, Chad, now again, I, I know this is uh, a part of the thing because I was on the team. Chad's front brake gets so packed with mud at one point, his his front wheel isn't moving. It's just not going. Is that what happened? Yes, and okay. he is and he is pinning the shit out of his bike to yeah. try to fix it or get it free or whatever, yeah. and it is not moving, and his bike is heating up. Yeah. And he, he made it to the mechanics area, and they clipped, clipped his uh, front brake line, and he yeah. went back out there, and, yep. and he got it going. But that was – he had to pull in and get that clipped. But that took – I know he went down early, and then that, that whole – I can't move my bike. I can barely get to the mechanics here. That yeah. took another, like, six, six, felt like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. I don't remember what he ended up getting, but that was our I issue. I think it's 16th. Yeah. Um, right. So, we, I know you cannot take too much out of a mud race. Right. You cannot. No, no. However, Chad getting 16th, one thing, well, I know there's the chance that the Suzuki is unreliable, but we'd already seen that if you give Carmichael a whole bunch of points early in the season, you got a real problem on your hands. Yeah, so yeah. Carmichael leaves the race finishing third, yeah. and Chad finishes 16th, and you're like, dude, yeah, right. this is a big problem yeah. already. Because the 3 Chad didn't win the title because he got sixth two times, right. and that wasn't enough. He won like nine races or something, yeah. and it yeah. still wasn't enough. Yep. So I was like, dude, this is a big problem. And by the way, Carmichael was freaking fast. I know it's a mud race, but it was alarming how much he dominated the heat and how yeah. much he was dominating the main. Obviously, Stu, we didn't, it was a mud race. Stu could have come out and won the next weekend. Yeah. But I was like, man, Carmichael really made a statement, even though he didn't win. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, we'll get to our categories in a second here yeah. on the uh, Liat Re-Raceables podcast. Thanks to Liat as well. Their, their helmets, their flex lock boots, their velocity goggles, all available now. Liat.com, uh, McElrath, Bloss, Freeze, and the latest rider, Brock Tickle, over the MCR, uh, wearing Liat head to toe. So thanks to those guys for coming on board. Max's tires, of course. Blends all as well. Uh, really appreciate the blends all from top tuners like Terry Varner and factory level riders like Michael Lessie, who won the 2020 Two Stroke World Championship using blends all. 
Nothing out lubricates or outperforms Blenzol's full line of caster-based two-stroke oil, from the original green label racing caster to the 455 Ultra or the versatile gold label. Blenzol has you covered. Uh, go to Blenzol.com and follow them at Blenzol on Instagram. Thanks to those guys. And Max's Tires, of course. Uh, A-Ray, Justin Rodbell uh, using Max's Tires. Uh, we each today, you mountain bike with Max's Tires on your e-bike. They were great. So, yeah, they were great. You were fantastic. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, so let's go in the categories for Anaheim 1, 05. Who won the race? And this is not what you think. This is going to be one category where who won the race, it may be the actual winner, yeah. or it may be something that happened in a heat race, or it could be something that happened later on, further back of the pack, but triggers something that happens later. So who won the race? Uh, to me, Ricky Carmichael won the race. Uh, all, all the reasons we just talked about. On the Suzuki for the first time, in the mud, crashed twice, got third. Looked great. He was the fastest guy. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. And the Suzuki was not unreliable. And also, he put a massive amount of points on Reed already for all those reasons. Yep. We all know Kevin Windham's a badass mud rider. So Windham winning the race wasn't like, oh my God, how could Kevin Windham win? Yeah. It was more to me like, wow, I didn't think Carmichael would be that fast in the mud. Uh, and over at Yamaha, we were the same way. Oh, the bike lasted, and oh, look how fast he is. So they were yeah. a little, even though it's a mud race, yeah. Well, you we were, convince yourself it doesn't mean anything. No, they noticed Ricky he was, was freaking fast. When I go back to that night, yeah. Ricky was fast. And yes. I mean, we saw that on the TV yeah. broadcast, obviously, but I remember it being like, this guy is fast. Yeah. Yeah. This could and, be a problem. Right. This could be an issue, right? Yep. So I think Ricky Carmichael won the race. You. Yeah, go, I got to back you, you on same, that. Same category? Yes. Okay. Yep. Um, a Lit Kid Award. Which rider looked the best? Bike, gear, uh, maybe pit reporter, whatever it is. Something something that caught our eye. The Lit Kid Award. Uh, this was a complete disaster mudder. There's yeah. no doubt. Yep. So, to me, Kevin Windham looked the best because he was covered in mud on top of the podium. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, I like the color of mud that he was wearing that night. Okay. Yeah, it was he, hard to guess. Do you, know, do you know what my point is, though? He looked. He just looked the best because he won. Oh, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah. you got to just go with the default. Yeah. Yes. I, I, do do yep. you have a Do you have another opinion? Uh, I'm going to go MC because it's Jeremy McGrath. Yeah. And he's back in a Honda. Right. And uh, Jeremy McGrath right. back in Supercross. Yeah. So I don't know what he looked like. Yeah. Everybody yeah. was covered. Yeah, yeah. No. But it's MC, bro. Yeah. His look yeah. was strong, no matter what. When, On and off the bike that night. It was MC. It, yeah. When um, McGrath took the lead. In the first lap of that heat race, yeah, even on the TV show, yeah, you could hear, you could hear that it. crowd yep. was going insane. Yep, Jeremy McGrath back in the lead. He was done. He was retired. Yeah, he hadn't raced yep. in years. No, absolutely. And one week later, he would pull the whole shot. Was that that? Yeah, it's unbelievable. I think it was 05, yeah. maybe 06. Um, I remember. Um, I don't think this is Anaheim one. It might have been Anaheim two or even three back then. And I remember I was walking up to the broadcast booth, and practice had just started, and there's McGrath going down the first baseline in Anaheim. And I was just like, I cannot believe I'm here. I cannot believe I'm in Anaheim. And I'm watching Jeremy McGrath, who should be retired, right. is in this practice, and he's looking awesome, and we're in Anaheim. Yeah. What is going on? <laughs> and he's on a Honda. And he's on, and a, he's Honda, on a Honda. Right, which, right, right, right. Dude, him on a Honda, there was a bad ending yeah. to their relationship. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he came back yeah. at Honda yep. is bizarre. I remember, time. obviously, those world rounds – that we went to in oh, at the end of 02 for the 03 season. He had switched that KTM. Yeah. And Red Dog was good then. Uh, Chad was making <laughs> his debut. Yeah. And Jeremy just looked terrible. And, yeah. and he was crashing. He crashed one practice session, I want to say five times in, in, in Holland. Jeez. In practice. Yeah. And I, I remember feeling sorry for him. I remember being yeah. like, I can't, I don't want this guy to go out like this, man. Right. He, 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 this is not the same guy. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and uh, legitimately, I, uh, he hung it up after that race. You know, he didn't make it to Anaheim. Um, and I remember thinking, like, dude, like this is so bad. I, you know, you never want to see the great athlete go out as a shell of them former selves. And, and that's how he was at that point. So. That's what makes it so surprising. He came back half of 05 and also half of 06. And honestly, you could have argued that he was still the fourth best guy in those races he was in. He was <laughs> yeah. not. He wasn't as good as Chad, James, yeah. or Ricky. Yeah. But he got some fourths. Right. And it was like, from what you saw in 02, that wasn't that good. And then going in 03 was so bad, he didn't even race. Yep. If you would have told me three years later he's going to come back right. and he's better than 16 of the 20 guys in the yeah. main, I'm like, good Lord. The next week in Phoenix, Timmy doesn't. Well, if you want to talk about a loser this race, it's me and Timmy. That's okay. a loser. Right, okay, that's a loser. Yeah, yeah, losers. A factory rider. He was making about a million dollars a year at that point, uh, base salary from his gear and, and Yamaha. That's how good the money was. Yeah, and, and he didn't qualify for the main event. Now, obviously, he's a total mutter, but, yeah, but I'm yeah. just saying. And like, he's hurt. And he's hurt, but yeah. we're the losers of that race. But uh, the next race, Phoenix, he's very angry. He didn't make the main event. He's very angry. His wrist is sore. Mm. And he went after Jeremy in a heat, and he parked him. And I'm like... Bro, and Jeremy said something to him after, like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, they're, they're like, by themselves in, like, 6th and 7th or 4th and 5th wow. or whatever it was. Nothing was on the line, and Timmy <laughs> just parked him. And I'm like, bro, first of all, that's the king. Right. Second of all, he's really cool. Thirdly, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you know, but he was just, he was in an anger, like, he was not happy with anything, right? Right. And, uh, all falling and, apart. And, and years later, he admitted, like, yeah, that was, that was an idiot move. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like, like, he did admit. Red Dog did, but these are real people. Yeah, they get they have real emotions. Right. Yeah. So, um, um, okay. So, Lit Kid Award. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Wyndham, you go. Uh, MC. Uh, MC. Yep. The next award we got the Jacob Marsack Award. Would you like to explain this? <laughs> yes. Page? Yes. Yes. So, a lot of times you might know who won this race literally by the results, listeners at home. But we are trying to unearth the rider who did something exceptional that has been completely forgotten in time, and we have named that after Jacob Marsack. Why, Steve? In the Daytona Mudder, and I don't put Daytona Mudder in the same category as this one because that's not a real Supercross track, right? So it's different. But in the Daytona Mudder of 2008, Eight. Eight. Uh, Jacob Marsak got third. Yes, in, in a the Premier 450 class. Yes. Supercross main event. Yes. Jacob Marsak, podium. Yes, the race where Reed's bike blew up yep. while leading. Yep. Wyndham won. Yep. Jacob Marsak finished third in the main event in the and, Premier class. And nobody remembers that no. or knows that. No. Right. Nope. So we are going to honor Jacob Marsak yes. by naming this award. One Jacob of the most Marsak improbable award. podiums ever. Yeah. Congrats, Jacob Marsak. Yep. yep. Yes. So what's your Jacob Marsak moment for this race? It's a mud race, so it's really hard to come up with anything. You know, anything can happen, so everything's a little less surprising. Uh, but I think you nailed it. We, we were talking about this earlier. Like, yep. Kyle Lewis had some real moments. Yeah. So yeah. it was impressive. Yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Uh, but are you going to pick Lewis? I can do you one better. Okay, do one better. All right. So we haven't covered the 125 yeah. class. Yeah, well, called I, I was going to wrap that up with yeah. the 125, but yeah. Third podium for Akira Narita yeah. in the mud. Amazing. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. Akira Narita yep. had a podium in right. the U.S. Supercross. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that, that'll work. Yep. Uh, where's JT? Are you going Lewis? Yeah, I'll go Lewis. Lewis yeah. had some, yeah. La- yeah. again, good starter. That helps. You're not going to remember Kyle Lewis, but he was up front in this race, like in the mix. Right. That this is, again, points. the most right. hyped Supercross yeah. ever. Yeah. There's Kyle Lewis yeah. in the mix. Right. Yep. Um... Where's JT? Another category mm-hmm. that we'll, uh, we'll we'll bust out when it's appropriate. Uh, as we said, 12th and Heat 2. Okay. That does get it in the main event. And then, of course, 22nd in the LCQ. Angry. Angry. Mad angry. Frank is mad. He is <laughs> mad. They're all mad over yeah. there, oh, yeah. for sure. So that oh, yeah. that's uh, that's the categories for this one. Um, 
125 main, like you said, a complete disaster. Nate Dog wins it on a two KTM. 250, uh, I think this might be the first year. Yeah, the, the bike the, just the 250. came out. Yeah, the bike came out. It's a weird so. deal because I, I, was that bike really out? What was the production rule? <laughs> yeah. That bike was I like not know. out. I don't know. And somehow right. he was racing it. Yep. I, I remember him, Larry Brooks was the team manager actually for KTM back then. Mm-hmm. And Nate Dog thanked him on the podium because he said, you had mentioned it rained a lot all off season. Yeah, and I guess that week Larry said, "Go on out there and trash the shit out of the practice track. Go ride it in the mud." Yep, which was expensive and difficult. They don't normally do yep. that. Yep. Uh, but Nate Dog thanked him. Got uh, to ride it in the mud in practice. Second place, Josh Woods. Wow. Michigan Mafia uh, mudder, right? Not a true. surprise. Woodrow gets second, and Nakira Narita, also uh, a very good in the mud rider, got third place. Uh, eventual champion Ivan Tedesco eighth. So you know what I mean? If you're gonna, he got lucky. He stalled in the last lap. And the bike would not start. But because it was the last lap, he had lapped enough dudes. Uh, And I remember this because Chad Damiani, the old host, he still came just to to still be a little of a guide uh, assistant. Yep. And he was mad at us because we were not freaking out enough over Ivan kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking and and the race is going by. And he's like, it's the defending champion. The defending champion. Build us up. And I'm just like not going to matter. It's the last lap. He's already lapped enough yeah, dudes. Yeah, he's not yeah. going to get a DNF. Yeah, yeah. So he only got eighth. Yeah. Even though he didn't actually finish. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the Who's That Guy Award. Mm. Uh, uh, just throwing this out yeah, there. Yeah, I like this. Jacob Martin, 17th in the 250 class, in 125 class. I Jacob Martin. Barely, is he Oklahoma? Oklahoma. I barely remember him. Yes. 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 I yes. barely remember him. There was a, J- a Oklahoma group. With Raynard yeah. and a couple other fast Marley, guys. Johnny Marley. Johnny Marley and him. Bogard. Bogard was, was Texas. Texas. Yeah, yeah. But. Right. It was Marley and Martin yep. were also pretty good. Yep. But I don't remember many pro results. Jacob Martin, Martin, 17th. Uh, right. So I also remember, as we said, they did this uh, they did this race by the lottery. Oh, to uh, get in? To get yeah. in to the final yep. guys. And, and yep. there's an interview with Steve Whitelock, who, who always comes across as just... <laughs> Real classy on camera. Um, I remember there being privateers that were hoping to not get picked. Because it was going to destroy their yes, bike? Yes, because really? it was going to destroy their bike. And they were like, this, I'm never going to make the main event. Please don't pick me. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I do That's remember that. Good. There was a buzz about, like, oh, I'm glad I didn't get picked. I don't, I don't want to go out there. So, uh, Fifth place in the 125 main is Steve Lampson on a Honda, number six. What was that? Lammy was still doing Supercross and in the 125 class on a Honda? I have no recollection. Of this. He doesn't cover the Who's That Guy award, but I'm with you on that. Yes. 05, Lammy? Husqvarna was 02. 03, he was doing his own thing. What year did he ride the number 25 Nationals? And he did his own thing in 2000. In, oh, that was 2000? Yeah, it was 2000. Jeez. So I guess then Husky came after uh, that. Husky came after that. There then was ECC. ECC. There was ECC. Is that before or after this? After. ECC was after. So Lammy, so Lammy must have done his own deal. He has no sponsors listed. It's completely blank. Lammy, Lammy. in the 125 Supercross class. Had yep. ridden 250 Supercross. In, in 1995, 10 years earlier, he is racing the 250 class. Yep. I know you complain about the rules now. <laughs> we have a race coming up where I have a lot to talk about. <laughs> we have a race. We have I, some I, old guys in, yeah. the, in the lights class, yes. whatever you want to call yes. it. Yeah. Uh, I also remember this one. Um, Brock Hepler, normally an unbelievable mud rider. Brock Hepler's rookie year, 04, he was really good. He got second in 250 East. Yep. So when it was raining here at Anaheim, I'm like, dude, Hepler's going to win. Yep. He's going to be the champ this year. I think he can beat Tedesco. And he sucked, and he got 18th. And he told me, oh, I'm not good at riding Supercross in the mud. 
I didn't know there was. Yeah, yeah. You didn't yeah. know there was a difference. And uh, right behind him was Shorty, who was a t- genuine title contender. Yeah. Got 20th. Yeah. Shorty, terrible. Always said he hated mud. Yeah, always, always. Yeah. Uh, remember the last race in Seattle where he came in with, and with GL blew and it. just yeah. blew it. Yep. So, um, all right. Well, that's the uh, that's the 125 class from that night. So, Weege, another thing that you got to do um, was host the press conference? Yeah, yeah. And you, you got some advice on that. Yes. 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 So Damiani, uh, the former host, and also our buddy Denny Hartwig, who was PR man for Supercross at the time. Yeah. They're like, oh, by the way, you also have to host a press conference. Here's how it goes. You need those riders to hate you. <laughs> I don't know if you're close to these guys. You work for Racer X. Not here to be their buddies. Yeah. We want them to talk shit on each other. So here's how we're going to do it. You need to hate them. They need to hate you. You need to ask the hard questions. So all day long at the race, we don't want to see you making eye contact with riders. Don't be shaking hands. Do not be friends with these guys. Ask them the hard questions. questions. Okay? Yeah. So uh, I really I remember the press conference trying to be real stern and real tough and, like, let these riders know that I was going to be taking any crap from any of the press conference. Give me the real stuff. Uh, so you're really doing that, yeah. I mean, that's what yeah. it, they said that was the job. Yeah. And I honestly – uh, regret that advice because I think it took me five or six years to finally realize that's probably not the best way to operate. <laughs> but D, uh, Chad Damiani, D, uh, Damiani, Damiani, yeah, yeah. came from a wrestling background. Yes, right. Yes, which again probably is right up your alley. But yeah, yeah. he came from a wrestling background yeah. where you wanted to be the the villain. You're right. Yeah, he's that kind of guy. He enjoys that. Right. He told me one of his proudest moments was when he said to DV David Villeman in a press conference once, "There are fans out there that say you lack heart." How do you respond? And he's like, I looked him right in the eye when I said you lacked heart. And I, I was like, okay, if that's how you say. I think we've now learned that the better relationship you have, yeah. the more honesty you're going to get from the riders. And when you keep poking, they just say, screw off, I'm not giving you anything. Yeah. So that never really no. worked. No. 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 Uh, and I also remember in the press conference, I don't know if I can make this joke in 2020, but it was <laughs> funny in 2005. Okay. Akira Narita just said he's very comfortable riding in the lane. And we're like, the, the lane? No, the lane. The lane? The lane. The rain? Yes, the lane. Ah! Rain. Got it. Yes. Right. Um, yeah, you pro- we're probably banned already in the first, first <laughs> oh, edition so, of the- Oh, we're so- That was 15 years ago. The Lee at Reraceables podcast <laughs> is already canceled. Uh, thanks to Blenzol and, of course, Maxis as well, and the Lee guys uh, for coming on board. Wow, good times. This was like I really like the the premise that you set this up with, and we didn't talk about this beforehand. But yeah, name another race where those guys are on the line. Because the next week, Phoenix practice, Stu weeds himself out and breaks collarbone. Right, collarbone, arm, arm. arm. breaks his arm. Yes, yeah. Can I tell you a funny story about that one? Yeah, you, you always enjoy this. Yes. So uh, there was so much again, like Ricky, James, yes. Chad, who's oh, yeah. I do feel like practice. They were. Not jacking with each other, but I do feel like it was a real showdown. Yep. Now, you notice guys like Chad and Roxon, they're very big on the I do not care. Yeah. I do yeah, not yeah, care yeah, about yeah. being fast yeah, in practice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, Tomac, I don't think Tomac's... Mission accomplished for Chad this past year, by the way. Not being good in yeah, qualifying? Right. Yes, yes. Great work, Chad, on that. Well, I right. really feel, now that you mention it, I really feel that Chad's I do not care about practice came out of this era of like, dude... I'm not going to beat James for fast lap time ever. Yeah. So I'm yeah, better yeah. off saying I'm not trying. Right, right. Than just getting yeah, beat yeah, every week. Right, right. Who's right. going to beat James in practice? <laughs> right. So in that practice, the next week at Phoenix, now it's really hyped because we finally have a dry track. Yep. And I do feel like Ricky hooked up with James. James hooked up, really, can you hang with this? I'm going to put in a heater, see if you can stay with me. Yeah. And then James goes down. Right. So Steve Brune, 
Factory Spectator, probably the premier media guy at the time. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe pulp of the day with uh, motonews.com. He was talking to Davey about, like, oh, yeah, they were jacking with each other. Maybe that made James ride over his head. So Davey writes a story. Davey was not there, so he says, here, read this, proofread it, see if... Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I guess. I mean, Burns down on the floor shooting photos. Maybe he saw something. He yeah. knows these guys way better than me. Maybe that's what they were doing. That's all I know. We post a story on the website. I, I basically work full-time for GNCC at this point, so yeah. I'm not really super involved. Ten minutes. Seconds, that was you. Seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Davey says, read his story. I say, okay. They post it on the RacerX site. I know nothing about it. Uh, I get to the race, whatever, I guess Anaheim 2, the third race. Uh-huh. And uh, during track walk, some other media guy, I can't remember who, like photographers, like, oh, so you use photographers as your source of what's going through the minds of the racers, right? And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, you wrote a story about practice strategy of James and yeah. Ricky, and T- Steve Brune is your source on how the riders operate. And I'm like, I didn't write that. Davey did. And he's like, says your name right on it. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> so when I finally get to the press box, I look at the website, Davey just puts my name on the story. <laughs> so then we go to Orlando when Stewart finally, finally recovers. Comes back, yep. Yeah, like eight races yep. later. And we're like, oh, looking for an interview. Oh, no, no. Mike Farber, our Race Direct's booth yeah, guy, yep. goes to drop magazines off at Kawasaki. Yep. And Big B, the truck driver, truck driver then, truck driver now, yep. says, no, we don't want any Race Direct's under this tent. And Mike Farber's like, what? Why not? He's like, what do you mean? What do you mean you want magazines? He's like, we don't want Race Direct's under this tent. And Mike Farber's like, why not? He's like, because you wrote an article talking shit on James. And I'm like, oh, my God. I didn't even write it. Now they think I did it. I'm a nobody at this point. This is terrible. You're being a dick in the press conferences. Yeah, yeah. So Davey's there at this one, and I'm like, Davey, we got a real problem. That story that I didn't write that you put my name on. <laughs> like, James Stewart is seriously pissed at us, and he's pissed at me, and I didn't even do it. Davey's like, I'll straighten it out. So I guess he goes over to Cowie, talks to them. Later on in the night, Davey's like, we're all good. We're all straight. Yeah. I talked to James. It's all good. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank yeah. God. He's like, he said he's not mad at Racer X. He's just mad at the guy that wrote the story. <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, dude! <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah. what did you write, what did he write about it to make James mad, though? Like, what was the connotation? Because James said he was not doing that. He was just writing practice. Oh, okay. He was not trying and to you, show... And you wrote that this was a dick measuring contest that went wrong. Yes. Okay, got it. Exactly. Okay, got it, right. And Brune, as the source, yeah. said, riders do it all the time. Pick out someone you want to show up and boom, right. give it to them. Right. I don't know if that's what the riders even do. Yeah. I don't know if they uh, do that. I watched this practice practice crash from the floor. Okay. I don't know why I was down there. Yeah. Oh uh, five. Oh no, I was a mechanic, so I was no. Yeah, I was down there on the floor. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You, right. Duh. Timmy was still racing. Timmy at this was point. racing. Yeah. Uh, he went out later on. Yeah. But uh, so it was a mechanics area, left on off, I believe, and uh, inside line and outside line. Yeah. And you go outside on or outside over, and then on again and off again. And James was coming by, and I, I can picture this like it was yesterday. Wow. James was coming by. He was making the left, leaned over, you know, balls out, mm-hmm. hitting the takeoff. This, it, was, it was either an on-off or an on-over. Hitting the takeoff to the on or over, already still leaned over. Do you know what I mean? Okay. His bike wasn't straight out of the turn. He was hitting it so fast, yeah. and he was taking off sideways. Probably Basically. sliding. Sliding. Yeah. Off the face, on or over, on to the next one and off. 
And I remember thinking, holy shit. Like, that is, like, the, the knobs of his tire, the, the side knobs of his front yeah. tire was yeah. all, and rear tire were all that were holding him to the dirt. And sure enough, went by one time. I'm like, oh, my God. Next lap, yellows. He crashed on that part. He was overriding the bike in that section, at least from what, what I remember. I'm, I remember thinking you can't do that. You can't. You need to straighten your bike before you yeah. hit the takeoff. Well, that's what my source Steve Prune said, too. <laughs> uh, he was riding over his head, and that's why I got hurt. He, he might not be wrong. I, 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 I can remember that like it was, like it was yesterday. Yeah. I remember thinking, yeah. oh, my God. Like, Timmy doesn't want anything to do with that. What, what, what just happened there, like, my yeah. rider is not yeah. doing that. You know what I mean? No. And then, the, sure enough, yellow flag's the next lap or whatever, and it was on that section. Literally, so. like, the next lap. Yeah, yeah, because no, yep. yeah, he was yep. unbelievable. It was unbelievable what he was doing. Uh, anyways, so. Uh, Young James Stewart's speed is, yeah. uh, we haven't Maybe seen it. We should, now that we bring this up, we should do Orlando 05. When he comes back. Yes, that'd be, a great it, one. that'd be a good one to do down the line, because that is a battle royale. That was the night, too, where he Chad, came back. Yep. Uh, James came back. He was in unseated practice. No way. Because he hadn't got enough points. He did one session with those guys, and they're like, okay, <laughs> we're going to put him in seated. And, like, we were pissed, kind of. But then we were like, well, actually, someone might die if he's not in the seated practice. Because yes. yeah. he was going through these privateers. Oh you know God. what I mean? Like, it, like it, it, was, it was literally <laughs> unsafe. Yes. And and I think the we speed all differential. And I think we all understood. Like, okay, this you know, screw you, AMA, but actually maybe it is safer for everybody if he just goes in seated. We we think he's good enough. No. Remember you had to be in the top twenty or whatever it was. If, but I feel like they make calls like that all the time. Yeah, like, they if do. there's a time no. you want to make a call, no, this might be the time back to make then a call. They didn't make calls. Back really? Because I because Timmy yeah. came back and had to do unseated for a long time at some point because okay. he he wasn't in there and he was a yep. factory guy and he was yeah. pissed as hell and they yeah. were not gonna budge on that. Like, hey, bro, you're not in the top 20. You know, you, it didn't, is, it you is, didn't earn it. It is interesting because I remember as a kid, you're always reading the poor privateers get screwed because they have a factory practice. Was there ever factory yeah, practice? Yeah, there was on Fridays. On uh, Fridays, there was okay. a factory-only practice, and they used to groom the track before the factory practice. Oh, geez. And then the, the privateer guys would just get all the ruts, oh, all geez. the beat-up tracks, and then they would be like, okay, time for factory? All right, let's smooth those faces out. Okay. So privateers, go ahead. We don't care. Cartwheel. Drag your <laughs> drag your pegs. <laughs> hey, Larry Ward's coming out? Let's make that thing. Like, like Let's fix that thing. You know? So there was... Oh, uh, okay. On Friday, there was. There was the an Friday ex- practice. There was an extra practice uh, for, for factory guys, and it was groomed. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, that is a little unfair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, everything I always saw was like, it's just based on points. It's no. It's privateer factory. But then they, yeah. you know, I mean, AMA's point to that was like, look, these are the, the medias here on Friday, press day. You know what right. I mean? That, so yep, we want our stars to ride more. You know what yeah. I mean? So that was their defense to that. I was a privateer mechanic who was saying, screw you guys. And then I was a factory guy going, oh, this is fun. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> good times. The the Liat Re-Raceables podcast, Maxis blends all on board with us. Liat.com for more information on that. Uh, Weege. Uh, talking about an Elite Rider, who will be the top scoring Elite Rider come Houston one? Not for the season. No, Houston. The... Houston one. Uh, I'm. I'm gonna go with Tick. I thought I'll go Tick too. All right. Yeah. I'm Damn go it! I thought you were going McElrath. I, I mean, so then I was coming in hot with yeah, with, Liet, yeah. with yep. Tick. But yep. all right. All right. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. It's really fun. Like I said, we're going to keep doing these and uh, put them out and uh, go back and watch it. This race is on YouTube. You can put our commentary on and go watch that. Yeah. Uh, we got some other races coming up. And as I said, we're going to bring in people who were racing in those things uh, and bring them into the show as well. So We don't think it's quite as easy. I guess we could call Stu. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this one was tough. Yeah. These are the superstars of superstars, yeah. as I said. So, a quick cold call to Travis Pastrana or Carmichael, probably not that easy. Right. Yeah. But stay tuned, everybody. We yeah. want to thank Liette, uh, like I said, for coming on board. Blends all and Maxis. I'm uh, Steve Mathis, and you're Jason Wygant. Thanks for listening, everybody.